Welcome to your Natural Guide Magazine's podcast channel, Natural Conversations, where we capture the essence of living naturally by sharing inspiring life stories, learn lessons, natural living wellness tips, and more. So sit back, relax, and let us be your guide to a more natural way of life. Hi, welcome Hi. everyone. Hi, <laughs> to your Natural Guide's podcast. Uh, podcast because our guest today is Kim Porter. She is a business coach and an award-winning entrepreneur and she helps women get clear on their purpose, stand out in their industry and make more money doing what they love. Yes. Yeah, welcome Kim. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so I want to jump right in and ask you a whole bunch of questions, but first, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, of course, and how you became an entrepreneur, and then we'll talk a little bit about why and how did you transition into becoming your new purpose, which is a business coach. So that's a lot to ask right up front, but yeah, tell us a little <laughs> bit about okay. yourself and how you became um, an award-winning entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. So I am a wife and a mom of three, and in um, 2001, I started working for a cosmetic company just as a fun part-time job, and I realized that I could make a business out of it. And then I would be able to stay home with my children during the week and work on the weekends. And so I started a wedding makeup business and that was 18 years ago. So that's how it all started. So what type of awards did you win? (laughs) So I have, um, so sometimes you get industry awards for like, like wedding wire. Like if you get enough reviews, you know, it's like kind of fluffy rewards, but the, um, the one that I'm most proud of is um, Virginia Living Magazine has awarded me for the last two years as one of their top uh, event, one of their top vendors. And so that has been a really uh, yeah, cool thing awards. to have. They're just like little bits of motivation to keep you going um, or just to kind of pat yeah. on the back. It's always nice to get recognized among your peers in the community. Yeah. So nice. So tell me yeah. a little bit about, so you're, you have this wonderful, successful makeup business um, here in coastal Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you, you go elsewhere too with your services, but how did you, mm-hmm. and why did you, um, transition or starting to transition into your new purpose, which is becoming a business coach mm-hmm. and do the two kind of intertwine? Yep. So they definitely intertwine right now. And, and really how it started was in 2012, I started teaching makeup classes. I was getting a lot of um, and inquiries for, you know, I want to be a makeup artist, you know, can you teach me how? And so I started teaching makeup classes in that time. And through the years, I learned that my favorite thing to teach was the marketing and business side of it, which when they're just starting out, they weren't ready for um, that information yet. And so I got a little frustrated because I, that was the stuff that really excited me and lit me up. And so I kind of started dabbling in that a little bit more. And then I had, um, I don't know if you remember Periscope. Yeah. It was before yeah, Facebook did yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as Periscope popped up, I hopped on Periscope and this was 2015. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is so much fun. And I was doing live videos and I had wow. like a pretty decent following at the time. 
And uh, so I started sharing my business books and I, it just really excited me. And, but then at the same time, like a month later, we found out that we were um, expecting our third child. And so um, things got kind of put on the back burner for a little while. And, um, and then I was able to pick it back up after, um, you know, I had gotten into a big studio and it was like a four station beauty bar. And I realized that it no longer aligned with what I wanted to do for my business. And so I went through kind of a dark period and, um, and I shared that. And when I shared that, a lot of other women were reaching out to me saying, you know, I understand, you know, this feeling of not living in your purpose and not being aligned. And so it really just, it just drove me, um, to pursue this mm. even more. Yeah. You and I talked a little bit one-on-one about this, um, wonderful topic of finding yes. your purpose. Cause I think it's really important. And I think you get to a certain point in life, whenever that is for each individual and it kind of stops you dead in your tracks. And it's like, (laughs) oh no, where do I go? This isn't what I want anymore. And how do I pick up and transition into something else that I want to do? Not even sure what that is looking like, but you just know that, Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh, this is not where I want to be anymore. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. purpose because, you know, I think that that's such a buzzword in, um, in, you know, just business and just in life. But to you, um, well, first, I was listening to a podcast this morning. And one of the things that struck out to me was, I think the, um, the guest had mentioned a really cool phrase, which was called purpose over profits. That is his business, mm. I guess, identity, he always puts his purpose in front of or over profits. Um, because He believes that if you're following your purpose, it will ultimately lead to profit, which is, I guess, money, success, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you agree with that, Kim? You know, it's funny because I have one um, that I I kind of tags, and I'm not the only one for sure, but it's um, find your soul purpose and you'll find Uh, your soul's purpose. And so, you know, it's just kind of like that, you know, that soul purpose. And you you do. It's such a buzzword of like you know, find your purpose, find your passion. But I think, I think you definitely, the money will follow your passion because people can't help, but want to be around someone who's passionate and excited about what they're doing. Um, so I, I definitely do really believe that. And, you know, finding your purpose is really whatever it is that lights you up. It's different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that was the question that I also have for you was, you know, what does the word purpose mean to you? I, you know, I feel like for me, um, I have a lot of purposes. I don't think I just have one. So mm-hmm. it is kind of to your point, the passion. I like, what are your passions? And you follow those because I feel like it, it becomes a little bit scary to think, Oh, I only, you know, people say go after your passion or go after your purpose. And you're like, Oh no, I don't mm-hmm. just have one purpose. <laughs> yeah. or I hope I don't kind of, you know, and I, I freak out a little bit personally because I'm like, oh, crap, I have a lot of things I want to do. And so where do I start and what do I do? But, you know, for for me to ask you, like, how and in what ways, you know, should we let, should we as women or just people in general, how do we find our purpose? And then how do we, um, if we have so many purposes that we want to conquer, you know, what, what, what do we do first? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, we have a lot of hats and you and I are both wives and mothers and business owners. And so I think our purpose really is all of those things. Yeah. Um, but for me, 
when I went back and I looked at the things of like in my childhood, what lit me up, they're still the same that things that light me up now, but you know, I don't society, our families, they all kind of tell us like, you know, you can live your dream, but then, Oh, that dream, that's not going to make you money. Or, you know, you can do this, but you know, nobody gets a job doing that. And so, you know, I think we kind of get swayed a little bit, you know, growing up and then going through life and college and those things about what we should be doing. And I, I always think about the story of like the lawyer who spent, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars to go be a lawyer and then Mm. realizes they hate it. You know, who's going to make you stay in something like that, that you hate, it's not worth living your life miserable. So I think purpose is exactly what you want it to be. It's what the thing that lights you up and makes you get out of bed in the morning. Um, And that brings that excitement and fun into our lives. And so I too have many purposes and Mm. I think that's the way. So how do you start? Like, I mean, let's say I have, okay, the thing that I want to do, but I am stuck in, you know, we talk about jumping and all those fun terminology, you know, motivational tips, but how do you go from A to B? I mean, do you, yeah, do you plan? If I come to you and I say, hey, Kim, you know, I'm a makeup artist, but I want to be a therapist or, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer <laughs> yeah. and I want to be a cake decorator. I mean, what do you, what do you do? What do you, yeah. How do you yeah. Do that? Yeah. No, it's, it. so I think that's this, it's okay. the slow pivot. It's a slow pivot from one thing to the next. There are yeah. people who jump and they make it work and that's fine. But for me, I knew that I was at the place of having a makeup artistry business that was so successful that I could continue on this route forever and, and be good. I mean, you know, I would, I would be fine, but the whispers kept getting louder. And if you've never heard the whisper before, it's like, there's just this like little thing that keeps showing up in your life that you're supposed to be doing something more. Um, and I think if we ignore those whispers, things start to, um, affect our health and affect our mental health. Um, So I suggest that people start slowly and, and the first step is to define what this looks like for you in this new role. And that doesn't mean in two years from now and five years, like we start with the end in mind. So what's the legacy you want to, you want to leave and also the 10 year vision of your life. And then we reverse engineer that back and we create a map basically of, of the steps to take. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, steps. Yeah. I like knowing where I'm heading. So I don't think going blindly is, is helpful to anyone. When I mapped out the fact that I was a makeup artist and I wanted to be a business coach and I'm actually working to become a transitional coach for women, a transformational coach for women. Um, you know, I have a bigger goal than just, um, at just where I'm at, but you don't start there. You have to start with where you're at and then like, you got to work you your way up. Do you think that you, is it like super important to have a 10 year plan, a five year plan, a three year plan, a one year. I mean, is it super important to do that? So what, when I'm saying a 10 year, it is not a goal. It's not, um, it's not a set of goals that you're shooting for. When I say your 10 year vision, I want you to sit down quietly for 30 minutes, sometimes even an hour and write out what, your life looks like in 10 years from now, who's there, who are you with? What are you doing? How do you feel? What do you see? Because we work, we're the only species on this planet that you can use our imagination. And when we're allowed to tap into this 
vision outside of our current circumstances. It makes us think bigger than we've ever allowed ourselves to think. Um, and that is what, and so when I did my 10 year vision in 2012, I did a vision and goal setting workshop. I was able to complete my 10 year wow. vision in three years. So it doesn't take, okay. yeah, it doesn't take 10 years. It could take three years, you know, to get everything that you've wanted, but it just makes your brain think bigger than, yeah. than we usually think. What are the common, um, I guess, problems that you've seen that hold people back from, having such an expansive and just amazing life. I mean, do you, is it like just common fear? Yeah. Fear. Yeah. It's fear and limiting beliefs. And most of it has been programmed in our minds wow. from when we were little. Um, you know, don't go into the street. Don't jump off the bed. Don't do this. Don't, you know, fear, fear, fear. And which, yeah. you know, I'm a mother of three. I, I, you know, I do the same thing. Um, you know, you want to protect them. But the limiting beliefs of how far that we can really go um, stops so many people. And it, it really is. Um, it's just, it's sad to me because there's so many people that are not living up yeah. to their full potential. I, mean, I look back and I kind of do a retrospective point of view at where I am now. And I, I was talking to a colleague of mine mm -hmm. and I said, you know, it's amazing that when you look back, you can kind of connect the dots as to how you got here. Mm -hmm. And it may be conscious and it may be, unconscious or subconscious but I mean that's not really the way to do it like we're talking there's a whole easier way to do it and just kind of plan your life out but um I say that because back in college and I graduated college 20 years ago yeah 20 years ago oh gosh um and I took <laughs> communications did not you know I just took it because I didn't I really wanted to do environmental science and I was so again the fear part I just did not want to conquer the math to be honest. And just like many mm -hmm. people, we kind of cower out and just don't take the hard route and buckle in and learn something. We'd rather take the easy route. So I took the easy route and I went to communications and, but in my, the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I kind of always, you know, I want to maybe be a journalist. I want to be a journalist. I want to be a journalist. And it just kind of stuck with me. Um, I did not become a journalist, but but, but you're not I that am. far off. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm kind of like, oh yeah. my gosh, how in the hell did I become a journalist? <laughs> but I, to your point, the whispers. And there was something in me back in college mm -hmm. that whispered to me, you know, why don't you try journalism? And it took me 20 years later to do it. But <laughs> here I am trying to be a journalist. <laughs> and I... And doing a very good job at it. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that, one, I don't think it's ever too late to find your passion. So back to what you said before about, you know, look at things when you go back and you think about the things that excited you as a child or excited you as an adolescent or excited mm -hmm. you as a young adult, you can still do those things. You're never too old to try yeah. new things or to go back to what you are passionate about and see if you're still passionate about them today. And it, yeah, it doesn't always mean that you have to right. make it a career. It could just be something that fills your soul. But I remember in high school, like I loved public speaking. I loved getting up there and people were like, Oh, I hate it. And so, you know, to be cool, you're like, Oh, I hate this. This is terrible. But really yeah. secretly, I loved it. So that's what I love doing now. It's what lights me up. So you know, those things that from our childhood and even beyond uh, were not given to us by accident. They're placed in our soul for a reason. So 
Yeah. That's what we're and meant I, to be doing. I've heard something, you know, I, you pick up information, I don't know who says it, but they just, it sticks with you. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> but one of the things that I learned in this journey is somebody had said to me or said, I was listening to, and they said, you know, pick out the seeds in your children. And I just thought that this was so good. You know, you and I are mothers and I'm sure there's people listening that have children, but if you want your children to be authentic and live a life of passion and purpose, that, to your point, that begins early and recognizing what inspires yes. them early, what they're good at early and telling them, you know, if your child is good yeah. at drawing, then you need to point that out and try to, you know, if they're passionate about it and they're good at it, then kind of put them into that path. Because that, to your point, that those are very, those are seeds of, you know, passion. Yes. And um, I yes. think that is probably the takeaway that I've learned in this journey is, you know, really, you know, instilling, a, you know, kind of a life of passion and purpose for my children um, so that they can navigate through life a little bit easier. Instead of doing it 20 years later yeah. after having, you know, moments of sadness or depression or not feeling like they're yeah. aligned. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful time to be alive because there's so much personal development and so much studying on happiness and what it really does. And we, I think what you just said is completely true about, you know, fostering those things that excite our children um, and stop trying to put them in boxes. Not every child's yes. a teacher or an astronaut. There's so many different things that they can yes. do. So um, I just, I think being an entrepreneur is one of the best things. You know, not everyone, you know, is meant to be, but um, to be able to live in your passion and get paid yeah, for it's it is cool. pretty amazing. Um, so you talk a lot about, yeah. I'm going to pivot a little bit, about niches yep. um, and about mm -hmm. finding, I'm going to get into the marketing part, about finding that one perfect customer and really kind of marketing to them and finding your own niche in your industry. So, Kim, can you mm -hmm. give us a little bit of examples on, you know, let's say I'm a new entrepreneur, which I am. Um, what are some tips for creating a vision and being an industry leader and finding that, that niche? Yeah. So I'm going to answer the, the okay. part about the niche first, because I think that goes into okay. the being a leader. Um, and when you know your ideal client so well that you know her hopes, her dreams, her fears, and her problems, you uh, become her best friend. And so be, I think your niche finds you. I think when we start off, it's very hard to understand exactly who our mm -hmm. ideal client is. But the more that you, the more that you listen to their language, the more that you're able to understand her problems, then you become the best person to solve it for her. And your niche really does find you. I did not start off business coaching the women that I'm coaching now. Mm -hmm. They've really found me. Um, so it's pretty amazing how that happens. And then becoming a leader is really about standing out and doing things different and not boxing yourself in. And when you know her so well that every blog post, every social media post, um, everything that you're sharing, she mm -hmm. can say, yeah, me too. I totally get that. Um, that's where you become a leader because you're actually solving someone's problem. Um, you're talking mm. to her pain point. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, I, I just have to agree. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing to <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to find who is my, you know, 
core customer or niche. I mean, I feel like I have a couple of them, but you know, I guess, yeah. I, I, is That's it? okay to have oh, a couple. Okay. I have a okay. couple too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's totally fine to have a few people. Um, someone that I, one of my coaches online, she says that you have three three different, and it's, I call it niche, but it could be niche, 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 um, three different niches. And they're basically all an old version of you. Um, so there's, isn't that such a cool thing? It's an old version of you. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So there, yeah. And I'm trying to think like, like, so I have, I have totally different, like three different people that I'm speaking to all the time. And so, yeah, that could get kind of confusing, but all you're doing is sharing authentically, just share from your heart. And then the people who want to find you and who need to find you, they'll find you. That's that's comforting. Just be yourself. Yeah. I mean, when you try to market to someone who you create, it's almost like you create this person and you're trying to market to her, but the best thing to do is to listen to the people who you're already working with or who are already buying your products or services and listen to them and what they're saying that's how you start to gather that information Got to it. create that niche. Okay. So before I let you go, I have to pick your brain on, um, personal brands and branding. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is why do we need them and what mm-hmm. do they do for our business and for us personally? Okay. So with a personal brand, people want to buy from someone okay. they know, like, and trust. And so it's, it's building that, that level of trust with them. And when you create a personal brand, you take yourself outside of the just product and service that you're selling and you're not defined by a title. And so if you want to pivot at some point, if you want to expand your career past the current title that you have, um, you're able to do that by building a personal brand and your personal brand is just your experiences. It's your unique gifts. It's your story and your personality mm-hmm. brought forth. And so you're not just talking about products. And How do you do all, that? All like, like I can just, I just I have to think of myself. So if let's say you have this brand, so I have your natural guys, I should say, and do yep. I have to like put, can you, do you have to mix business with pleasure? Do you have to, mix you with your business or can I just stay behind the scenes and be a publisher and just highlight other businesses? Is that not the case? You can't do that anymore. It's, it's right. It's a different time now. And we, with social media, we really want to see who's behind the business and it would take your business so much farther if you were to step out and kind of become the face of the business. Now, if you plan to sell your business and, you know, do something like that, that might not work, but becoming the face of your business makes you more, um, people relate to you more. And so Kim steps out as the, um, the person who is behind your natural guide and we know her family and we know what she loves and we know the things that, um, excite her, you know, like whatever it is that you love, you love the beach, you love flowers, whatever. Um, it just makes you more relatable. And so people connect with you on a deeper level than just with your okay. products or service. Can you still have, like, I have people that friend me on Facebook personally rather than the business. And I don't really know them. Can you separate the two? Or is that going to, is that going to look bad on your business? Like, for example, if hmm. like there's, I don't know, there's somebody that you want as a client and they friend you 
you know, on your personal page and social media. And you're like, oh, no, no, right. Yeah, I know. No, you need to know all about me. Good, dude. I want yeah. to bring you in that personal space. <laughs> um, do you or don't you? I, I think that's a very personal uh, decision to make. And, and in the last couple of years, I would have said no. I would have said no. I want to keep it totally separate. But I've also understand that as I'm trying to build my business into um, speaking and becoming an author, that I do have to open yeah. up that space a little bit okay. more. So. I think it depends on where you see the long-term vision for your business. Um, you could always just steer people and say, or you just put a follow button on your Facebook so they can follow your posts when you have them public. Okay. So I, and I like that. I, I guess you're right. It is up to you whether, where you see you're going. Cause you're where you see yourself going as yeah. As a leader, as a business owner, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind having my kids, you know, on social media a little bit, but my kids are not my brand. Um, so, but there are some people who are totally right. have their kids everywhere. So I think it really just depends on okay. what so you're comfortable with. You don't have with. to necessarily open the whole Pandora's box. You can kind of just slightly no. open it. <laughs> no. There's some things I know y'all don't want to just... know about. I know it. <laughs> no, I doubt that. But no, I think, you know, I think I would be uncomfortable opening it up yeah. completely. So Got it wouldn't it. feel authentic okay. to me. Just go with your comfort level and see what happens. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just start little by little. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. What are some no, no's? What are some bad things that could affect your personal brand that you should not do? Like, and, and this is, yeah. Ooh. One of, I'll just go ahead and tell you up, Kim real quick for one of them. One, I asked Kim one time, I was like, cause I'm pretty political and I love talking politics and so does Kim, but we, we do that very quietly. And I said, would you want to do a podcast yeah. with me? And she's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of it Absolutely like that. But... <laughs> and I was like, what? And you were like, no. And I was like, but I got it. And what that did was made me really take a look at what am I sharing and what do I want people to think of me? And not in a vain way, but in a right. professional manner. And so that that really wasn't a aha moment for me, Kim. So I appreciate that. So I would say, go ahead and don't put on your social anything that you would be ashamed of, that you would regret, that is a little bit too controversial. Yeah. But that's just me. The political environment right now is much more intense than it has been. You know, I mean, 20 years ago, nobody talked about their politics. And, and anyone who goes to my personal page would would know how I feel politically. Um, you know, it's on there on my, um, Facebook, I list, you know, I'm liberal and things like that. But, um, what I have found is that mm. it closes a door to people who don't believe the same things. And I'm trying to be as yeah, inclusive okay. as possible. Um, and so, you know, it's just a matter of, um, if you had a, a sit down conversation with me, you would probably know where my stance is, but, um, I don't want to be, um, I don't mm -hmm. want to exclude people which I think is what the political environment has been doing. Um, so I think it comes back to love. I mean, to be perfectly honest, when we're at the end of the day, yeah. we all want the same um, thing. Are there any other no-nos that we shouldn't do? You know, I mean, like some people would be like, oh, you shouldn't curse, oh, yeah. you know, don't say curse words and this and that. But I look at Marie Forleo and she drops, you know, bombs and I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, girl. So 
I think the people who are meant to find you will find you and resonate with you. And it's okay sometimes if you push people off, if or, um, yeah. you turn people away because they're yeah. not your ideal client. So it's okay. I think this whole thing of like being so true to yourself that the people who love you are going to love you so hard and the people who don't, well, yeah. they're not your personal, they're not your yeah, client anyway. So, so it's okay. True. Because there was, you know, I, I admit I do use profanity a lot in my language. And I, I, I use colorful <laughs> so language, I. whatever you want to say. I mean, I enjoy it. It makes yes. me feel good. It expresses myself um, in a way that I have not yes. found otherwise to do otherwise. So I love, <laughs> love, love um, dropping the F-bomb or the S-bomb or whatever. Um, but when other, there's some people that I'm like, when they do it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm so Whoa, you I went there. I'm like, okay, Kim, like you just dropped the F-bomb. So calm down, check yourself. But yeah, you know, I can understand that. I love that though, what you said about how, you know what? And that's a personal thing for me. I didn't feel good hearing you say, but I'm not your person. And right. that's all right. Yeah. And when, sometimes when I read things and I don't know. There's never been a curse word that I've read that I felt badly about. I've always thought like, yeah, yeah. like you're my people. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. So I think it yeah. really just depends, but I mean, people can be offended by everything. So, you know, it's like, you just yeah. got to pick your battles. Find your I think people. find your people. <laughs> you find your people. Yeah. My people are, are ones that use <laughs> profane language and do it with high heels there on and go. lipstick. That's, that's what I love. Yes, I'm in that squad <laughs> for sure. Well, I don't know. I don't wear lipstick or don't wear heels anymore because I fell one time. I was like, that's it. My heel days are over. That's it. Um, yeah, we yes. got to wedges now when you get to a certain Girl, age. It's wedges. all about the wedge. Yes, they are saving me this summer. Yes. Yeah, you need that height. height yep. but you need a little bit more stability. And I think that's just a oh, metaphor yeah. for women in their late 30s and 40s. We need, we still need the height, but oh. we need stability too. But anyway, thank you, Kim. Yeah. I'm going to let you go now, but girl, You're thank so you so welcome. much for sharing all your wisdom with us today and great information. Um, tell us or tell our listeners, how can they get in touch with you if they want to contact you about your services or information? Yep. Sure. Yeah. So they can find me on KimPorterTV.com. That's my website. And you can find me on Kim Porter TV on Facebook, Instagram, nice. and YouTube. All right. Well, thank you everyone. Yeah. Thank for you, Kim. Thanks for listening today. And don't forget to follow your natural guide on social media at your natural guide. It's that easy. All right, everybody have a great day. Thanks again, Kim. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye girl.